bless the Lord. We are beginning a new sermon series. Experiencing something new. It takes faith. If you can open up uh, to Hebrews 11 chapter, those who have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, it should be one in the pews in front of you, or you can scoot over next to someone that you sit next to. I hope you like them. You can scoot over next to them and share with them. And as you turn uh, to the Hebrews 11th chapter, uh, we're going to come down to uh, verse 8. And this is a familiar chapter known as the Halls of Faith. And and it lists a lot of patriarchs and, and matriarchs of the faith, uh, of, of our faith. And they give them as an example. And so we're going to join this author of Hebrews in this account and pick up where he starts talking about Abraham at the 8th chapter. And we'll read to the 16th, excuse me, the 11th chapter. And we'll read from verse 8 to the 16th. Verse. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And this is how the word of God, it says, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went, he went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he walks like a foreigner living in tents, and so did Isaac Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. A nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that there were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country that came from that, that, that they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place. Anybody here looking for a better place? A heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. Are you looking forward with confidence? Many of us get ready to go to work Monday morning. We're not looking forward with confidence. We're dreading that day. Oh, I got to 
go to work. Some of those who are retired now have smiles on their face because they know I don't have to feel that way. <laughs> when I wake up on a Monday morning, I'm going to do what I did the other day. The same thing I did the last week. I'm going to do what I want to do. Go where I want to go. But us that have a, a job, have a vocation, we sometimes dread to go to work. And then we think of those songs, uh, Living for the Weekend. Thinking of how Friday, I just got paid. Friday night, we, we, we try to give us something to look forward, to motivate us to make it through the week. Because if we had nothing to look forward to, then it's hard for us to motivate ourselves. We are at the time of the Olympics, and many of you may be watching the Olympics. If you channel surf, it's hard for you not to catch at least a glimpse of the Olympics. And if you just watch the Olympics for a little while, you probably know the name Michael Phelps. And Michael Phelps had an expectation. He was looking forward to the Olympics, expecting to win eight gold medals. Many of you might have expectations. Many of you may have no expectations. And some of you may have low expectations. When you have low expectations, anything surprises you. When, when, when you have no expectations and low expectations, you are happy with whatever you get. And sometimes you might rejoice and sometimes you may not because your no and your low expectations says, well, uh, I got it by luck or I didn't expect anything, so I'm just thankful for what I had. I worked hard. It was because of me. That's why I've got it. But those that have high expectations, you can see how they have a joy when they receive what they expected. And what it is is this, that what they expected and when they receive it is greater than what they expected. No, nowhere did I hear before Michael Phelps said he's going to go to the Olympics and, and, and win eight gold medals and set seven world records. He said, I was going to win eight gold medals. But he went beyond his expectations. And he, therefore, he's even more appreciative of what he received. His mind was not limited to, to just getting a goal because that would be mediocre because everybody shows up just to get a goal. That's why they show up. They want to be on that podium. They, they really want to get there. But those that have that low expectations, they're always satisfied. Well, I got bronze. I didn't expect a place. You see some of them like that, right? They're just thankful, I, I, I got this. Uh, 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 I didn't think I could be so-and-so, but I did it. But when you have high expectations, when you look forward with greatness, you expect greater things. I'm glad to tell you this morning that there's a God that has great expectations for you. And you no longer have to lower your standards or lower your eye view and start looking at the ground, but reach up towards the sky. I believe the Bible says the heavens and the earth and the fullness thereof is the Lord's. And if we serve such an awesome God who loves us so much, tell me what we withhold from you. We see here in the text that Abraham has a great expectation because it came from a great God who gave him a great promise. 
And we're looking at Abraham and see how can he look forward with confidence, with great expectations, with a great hope when he does not know where he is going. In order for you to fully to have faith in God, you have to be willing to obey. And when you look at the definition of obedience, it talks about the willingness to surrender to somebody's wish or command, or you just surrender to someone's authority. Hebrews 11.6 says this, it is impossible to please God without faith. Tell somebody, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Tell somebody, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now somebody might be troubled with that for a little bit, but I'm glad that they did not end it there. And continue on in verse 6. And anyone who wants to, it says, it says this, that anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists, that God is, that God is sovereign. He's God all by himself, that he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is a creator. He did speak this world into existence. So first and foremost, you have to believe that there is a God. Now, there's a problem with those atheists because they have enough faith to believe that there is no God, but that's another sermon, another time. But you have to have the faith that there is a God, that there's somebody bigger and greater than you, that you are not the author of your faith, that you really do not control if you're going to get paid on Friday. Matter of fact, it's not your alarm clock that wakes you up. You have to believe that God is truly involved in what is going on and that he rewards those who earnestly, who sincerely, with all their heart, with all that they have, with everything they seek him. Abraham defines that, that he believed that God existed. He believed that he will fully, earnestly seek God and believe that God will reward him for his obedience. But obedience causes sacrifice. When you trust God, you got to sacrifice where you are. Abraham was living comfortably in a land had a house, but yet God told him to go to a foreign land, <laughs> to a place he did not know, believing a God to tell him, I will give you a land that's already occupied, <laughs> that that went over somebody's head. How would it be your relatives telling you you're going to have this house that's not for sale? You'd be like, you, you out of your mind. I'm going to have to find me a real relative that goes to the houses that are for sale. Because we deal with what we can see and what we can control. But God told Abraham, you're going to go to a land that is not yours, that you did not plant, you're not reaping, you're not sowing. But this land I have provided for you is filled with milk and honey. And what does that mean? That means that there's, there's healthy cows there that you didn't grow up. That you'll be able to get the milk from. There's goats there. So you'll be able to get the milk from. There, there's honey there. That means that there's vegetation there. That means that the bees and all the animals are living great over there. So you will be able to bear from, benefit from that fruit that you had nothing to do with. Why? Because I will provide it for you. But I'm just asking you to trust me just a little while. Are you willing to leave your comfortable state of mind? A lot of us are comfortable in mess. 
We're in such a mess, we don't know we're in the mess anymore. You know, stuff don't stink until you stir it up. So you don't stir it up anymore. You just let it sit there and you get used to the smell. You know how the saying goes, whoever smelt it, dealt it. <laughs> Oftentimes we can get so used to smelling ourselves, we don't know what we smell like. But you get in the car and everybody else smells it, but you act like you don't smell anything. He's going to try to quietly wind down the window. It's just hot in here. It's just hot in here. When we are living in mess and our stuff stinks, we live in denial and we think we can control it. We think that we are satisfied, but truly deep down inside we're looking for a change. And the change happens outside of you, but are you willing to sacrifice? Sacrifice takes humility. Sacrifice takes meekness and, 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 and able for you to say, Lord, I trust you over myself. Abraham went to a foreign land living in tents, living as a nomad. This man had a promise, <laughs> but he's waiting for the promise to come. But he sacrificed everything that he had living in the promise. Why? Because he decided, Lord, I will trust you. With everything. I'm willing to look forward and see the prize ahead of me. I, I watched a hundred meter dash, and that's my favorite race because I wish I was as fast as them. But when you start the race, everybody's looking forward because they want to see where they're going. And the ones that run the fastest see themselves crossing the finish line. Because they did not just want to start the race, but they wanted to finish the race. And they realized that I see the finish line. And, and beyond the finish line, I see the gold. I'm glad Philippians talked about how I press on towards the mark of the higher calling that's in Christ Jesus. What is that saying? That's saying I see the mess that I in. I, I see the condition that I in. I see the troubles that I in. But I'm willing to trust God in spite of my circumstance. The God is able. How can I trust God in spite of my circumstance? Because even in my obedience, I realize also God is going to test me. That might catch you on your way home. How can you have faith if it's not been tested? Because you won't know where your faith stands until it's been tested. I still went over somebody said, let me break it down to you like this. How do you know you pass a grade by the grades you receive? How do you get those grades? By taking a test. And a lot of us, some of us, few of us have failed some tests and had to take them again until we pass them. I, I like the, the driving's test that you could take it uh, multiple times till you can pass it. It gives you ample opportunity 
to pass it. But if you miss the quantity of times, you got to pay to take the test again. But I'm glad that God does not make us pay to take the test again. But it'll keep on testing us till we get it right. God said, I got something for you, but you got to pass this test. I, I have a promise for you over here, but you got to get over this hurdle. I'm not going to make you pay. I already paid the price. I just need you to trust me more than you trust yourself. I'm going to give up on you, son. I know you're kind of hard-headed, but I'm going to make for a soft bottom real quick. But one day you're going to get it, son. You see, God has a plan for you, and he's looking for you to obey him and be willing to sacrifice. But also, he's wondering, are you really willing to trust him in the tests and the trials of your life? We see here, we, we see in verse 11, it says that Abraham was dead. What does that mean? That means this, that uh, uh, you look in Genesis, uh, Abraham no longer knew pleasure. We see it on the commercials. There was no Cialis, no Viagra. Hello. His wife is past menopause. Hello. But yet God tells him he's going to be with child saying that he was dead, that he was unable to produce seed. His wife is unable to conceive, but yet Abraham believed that God exists and God can take what does not exist and make it exist. Better yet, God can take what is dead and make it alive. I, I wish I had a saint here that could testify that once I was lost, but now I am found. But, but once I was dead, but now I'm alive in Christ. I'm glad that God, I wish I had somebody here this morning that could testify. I'm glad that God can do above and beyond what I can ask or even think or even imagine. Abraham was able to look forward because he realized that, God, this is bigger than me. I, I'm having a heavenly vision here. Lord, you say you're going to bless me with child. I don't even have a child. Matter of fact, my wife ain't, hasn't produced one to me up to 90 years old. But all of a sudden. The Lord going to come to me and tell me, now's the time. And then God had the nerve enough. <laughs> this is Abraham talking. God had the nerve enough to take me outside my tent and tell me, look up into the sky and number the stars. You can't count them, can you? <laughs> number the, the sands on the seashore. You, you can't count them, can you? Why is that? Because you cannot count the blessings. That God has placed in your life. That's why I'm glad it tells you to count your blessings. Because when you start counting your blessings, you stop counting and start praising his name. Because after you get past, Lord, I'm still breathing. Oh, thank you. I don't need to talk about I got a house to live in. I don't need to talk about I got a car to drive. Lord, I can breathe on my own. I, I, I've seen people on ventilators. I, I've seen people with a trachonotomy. Lord, I'm suffering from asthma. Every day is a hard day for me to breathe, but I'm breathing today. Uh, I took another breath. That's another blessing. Uh, I was at a witness here. Oh, my heart is beating. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that's a blessing. Uh, I can feel my fingertips. That's a blessing. You see, you can't count how good God's been good to you. And so stop counting and just praise him. Abraham was able to look up and say, God, you're too good. God, you're doing some amazing things here. Uh, my wife didn't know she could have a child, but you said so, Lord. I didn't think I could have a child, but you said so. And Lord, you promised me that I'm going to have more than I can count. Now look at this. Abraham had Isaac. And then after that, it seemed like the floodgates opened up. 
Abraham had children after Isaac. And then his children had multiple children and multiple children. But yet Abraham did not see this numerous place physically, but he saw it spiritually because he looked up and trust God. He said, Lord, I can't touch it up. I can't count it, but I know you can. When we look forward with confidence, we have to be obedient. We have to be willing to take tests and trials from God. Even the time Abraham was on his way to his promised land, he had a fight that went over somebody's head. God has a promise for you in your life, but it does not mean it's going to happen overnight. A lot of us want our blessing by the end of the week. Because we, 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 we have a little bit of faith that, Lord, I'm not asking for it today, but by Friday. If you can come through for me, I'll, I'll give you all the praise. But we need to stop and say, Lord, on my timetable. But, Lord, put me in your timetable. So that when I wake up in my right mind, I know I may not see what I want to see. But seeing you is all I need to see. Abraham didn't see everything that God told him to see physically, but spiritually, Abraham behold the blessing. Even that he was willing to kill his only son, the son that God promised him, because Abraham had enough sense to say, God, if you can kill him, you can bring him up. Meaning is that I trust you, Lord, that if you tell me to do it. I, I read in, in a book by Charles Stanley and talking about how to listen to God and one chapter that sticks out to me more than anything. I can't remember the, cha- the title of the chapter, but I remember in it, he said he was talking to his grandfather about faith. And his grandfather told him, faith is basically you have enough faith to run into a brick wall head first. Trusting God will make a way. I know I might have been jogging. Because I'm waiting for that hole first to pick up speed. You know, you get that running start. Oh, I'm good, Lord. I'm good, Lord. But will I have enough faith to do a full-out sprint? Head down, trusting God. If he told me to run to that wall, he'll make a way. And sometimes it may be go beyond. Maybe the Lord might have me run up the wall like in the Matrix. I don't know. He might do all kinds of things. But I'm trusting God that he's not taking me into any place that's going to harm me. But he's taking me to my promise. But you have to be tested, tried and true. Many of us have been on our sick beds questioning God. Questioning God like, am I going to make it? Why me? Many of times with my asthma, I would have asthma attacks and and I've just, my parents would pick me up, take me to the hospital. Sometimes I'd be passed out. I don't know what's going on. But other times I know I'd be crying and just wondering, am I going to make it? If anybody's ever been out of breath before, it's a scary thing. I'm not talking about somebody punch you in your stomach and you get the wind knocked out. I'm talking about you trying with all your might to get some oxygen into your lungs. You, with all your might, you're trying to fill up your, your chest cavity, but it hurts. Even time you try to take a deep breath, it just hurts. And you're just thinking, I, can, this, can you let this big, heavy chest off my chest because it's crushing me? I, I can't breathe. But then all of a sudden, I get an adrenaline shot. <laughs> at the emergency room and all of a sudden I start coughing and, and this mucus comes up and I'm able to breathe and then I start realizing that I had nothing to worry about. 
And through that time as a child, it helped me become more confident in that all I got to do is just take my medicine. And God's going to take care of me. How many here don't like taking medicine? But you got to take your medicine to make you strong. God puts people in our life that act like medicine. You got to keep on taking that medicine until you get over it. <laughs> You're with that unlovable person learning how to love you. You're with that gossiping person learning how to stop gossiping. You're with that no good person learning how to be good. You're with that liar learning how to tell the truth. You be in situations. And God said, I'm going to keep on testing you. I'm going to keep on testing you until you get it right. Because you you got to get this right because I got so much more ahead of you. So don't just settle with what you think you have. I have so much more for you. So in those difficult times, look forward and say, Lord, I thank you for the blessings you're about to bless me with. And not only do we have to be obedient and be willing to go through tests, and trials that, that make tests and trials that make us stronger. But look at verse 13 and 15. It said, All these people still, all these people died still believing that God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. See, see. They, it goes on to say that they could have looked back. A lot of us are trying to drive forward looking backwards. You're missing the stuff that's in front of you. Uh, we went to SeaWorld on our vacation, and, 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 and my, my brothers and my sisters, they, they are uh, t- observing people. And so we were watching a, a performance, and, and I thought, I just assumed, because that's what I do. I make assumptions all the time, and I'd be dead wrong, but I assumed that this, this young lady jumped into the water and took her, 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 her skirt off under the water that she came out looking like a little girl. But Jonathan, with his keen eye, saw somebody from behind the stage grab it before she dove into the water. And he was able to confirm my scissors that I saw some, but I took my eye off just a little bit that I missed it. Some of us take our eyes off just a little bit and we miss what God is trying to show us. We, we take our eyes off just a little bit. We miss the blessing that should be coming our way. We take our eyes off just a little bit because we get distracted. We start looking at other things. We get like Peter. We start looking at wind. How can you see wind? But we start looking at wind and we start to sing. But I'm glad that I serve a God that is never too far, but just right there in time that I can cry out and say, Lord, I need some help. And he can bring us up. And Lord, I'm no longer going to look back, but I'm going to look forward. And Abraham has an experience about people looking back. His nephew Lot. Understand what it means to be feeling salty. <laughs> Lot's wife was told not to look back. They were living a mess. And God said, because of Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take you out of this mess and let you go into a promised land. But don't look back to what I'm bringing you from. Don't look back at what I'm destroying. That's sin. That is hatred. I don't care about that stuff. So you shouldn't be concerned about that stuff. But some of us want to hold on to the stuff God is trying to rip us apart from. Some of us are trying to hold on to the stuff that's killing us and destroying us because we don't trust God enough. 
that he had something greater for us, but, but not believed in God. He realized that, man, there are some wicked people up in that place in my moment of weakness, so I'm going to keep on forward. But the Bible tells us that his wife looked back, and I could just imagine a lot just going back. He's all of a sudden, my wife done changed. <laughs> oh, I'm saucy. You see, we get disappointed and let down when we try to do what the enemy wants us to hold on to. But God will never leave us soft. God will give us joy and peace. And by Lot showing us this, by Abraham showing us, by, it says by these people living by faith. I want you to really grab it here that your faith is not what you say but what you do. Are you living by faith? Are you fully obeying God? Surrendering to whatever it is in your life. Don't trust your job more than God. Don't, don't trust your bank account more than God. You need to trust God. A lot of us are scared to let people down, but we're going to always let God down. God will not be mocked. You reap what you sow. But God faithfully rewards those who earnestly seek him. And what I like about here is that he says, that, that the, it says in verse 16, do you see it there? Do you see it there? You see that promise there? But they were looking for a better place. <laughs> and the New Living Translation says a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. And we see how Jesus confirms that word when he was talking to his apostles. He said, in my father's house are rooms with many mansions. And Jesus goes on to just as the God prepared that place for you. I too go to prepare a place for you so that when I come back, you can be with me there Oh, so I'm glad that we can look up to the sky and know that this is not my home. I, I was at a witness here that I am a citizen in heaven. It doesn't matter who the president's going to be because one day I'll be with the real king. It does not matter who's going to be in the White House because one day I'll be in my father's house. It does not matter who is happening what here because why? Sooner or later this world's going to be destroyed. I can't Keep it with me. But my father said, I will call you my child. I'm glad that one day the Bible tells me the father will wipe the tears away from my eyes. There will be no more pain and suffering. It says that God will be a light and Jesus will be a lamp and I will behold his temple. But the only way to get there is through Jesus. Can you faithfully look forward confidence see Jesus in front of you? If Jesus is not in front of you, are going in the wrong direction. Jesus is calling you to come and follow me. That's what it simply says. Follow me. It didn't say get before me. It didn't say get beside me. He said follow me. It says deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. We need to be like Abraham. We need to deny ourselves. Pick up our cross and just follow God. Abraham was able to deny himself the cross. To pick up the cross means to sacrifice. He's able to sacrifice. Give up this worldly possession. And say, Lord, I'm going to trust you to provide for me 
better than I can ever provide for my family. That some of us here, we're worried about where our next check is going to come from. But I want you to understand that there's a God that can give you an income even when you don't have a job. There's a God that can give you food in your pantry where you don't even have to go out in your garden. I'm glad today that there's a God that will provide everything that I need. I get caught up, want some other things, but he will give me what I need. I want a Corvette, but God gave me a Honda. I want a mansion, but I got a three-bedroom ranch. I want a, a, a motorcycle. I got a bicycle. God is good. He gives me what I need because when my car breaks down, I can ride that bike and I pay for gas. When my house burns down, that's all right. I got another place to live. I'm glad. Can anybody here testify? Then I know that it goes beyond me that it doesn't matter what I can grab onto, but it matters who I see. I see God. Uh, I see Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father. He is my Lord. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Can anybody here testify seeing that I've gone through some rough times right now, but I'm going to take the time to get on bended knee and, and trust God beyond what I can see. Uh, I can't see everything, but the Lord, you hold the world in your hands. Uh, I'm going to ask you to bless my marriage, uh, bless my child, Lord. When my child goes off to college, goes off to school, I won't be there, but I'm glad you can be there. I, I won't be there while my children are fighting in a foreign land, but, Lord, you're there. Lord, I thank you. You watch my money in the bank account, not the banker. You watch my check, Lord, not my boss. Lord, you watch over me as I rest, not my alarm clock, not my alarm system, not my key and lock of my door, because, God, you keep the enemy away. God is calling you to trust him. God is asking you, do you trust me? God is calling you to a great future. And God will keep his promise. Did you not see it in the text? This is why God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. I, I want you to know right now, I want you to know right now, many of you may not know about that city, but God has prepared it for you. But will you obey to accept it? A lot of us, are, our disobedience is causing us stress when obedience will give us rest. God wants you to enter his rest. He wants you to lay down your yoke, lay down your burdens, find rest for your soul. You tried everything else. You tried Christ. He'll make it better. You see the kids dancing, able to celebrate. He will give you joy. Did you hear us singing before? There's none like him. And he can give you everything that you need. But are you willing to surrender what you have to let go and receive what God has for you? Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, we come to you, Lord, wanting to surrender all to you. Lord, we think that we could do it all by ourselves.
But, Lord, we find ourselves wrong each and every time. Lord, we need you. And, Lord, we surrender all to you right now. Father, forgive us for our disobedience and our fully trusting you to do what you've called us to do. But, Lord, we thank you that you do not give up on us, that you're patient with us, and you're merciful with us. So we surrender to you right now. And, Lord, if there's someone here who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, we thank you, Lord, that you loved us, that you gave your Son to die on the cross for our sins. And, Lord, I pray right now that they will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And, Lord, you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. So, Father, we give our lives to you because it was bought by a price through Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 We stand.